Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Okay, so we got a really good question popped up in our Facebook community today that I wanted to answer on air because I think it's really good. So someone in our community, Alexandra, said, where are all of my entrepreneurs with businesses in the awkward teenager growth phase? You're beyond the how to start a business stage and you've had a few sales or clients already, but you still have higher goals. Maybe you've reached the limit on all of those free apps and tools that were so valuable in the beginning, but you really have no idea what the next steps are. Your to-do list is filling up with mundane tasks and little things that keep slipping your mind and you have no idea how to keep on top of it all. Is that you? Have you been in this stage and successfully made it out? What's your biggest struggle as an almost there entrepreneur? Girl, I have so many things to say. (laughs) And there are so many comments on the post too that are like, yep, this is me. Yep. I just got here. Yes. I feel you. My brain is melting. And so this isn't just Alexandra's problem. No. Well, and the cool part is I feel like we're in a unique situation where not only have we been there and gotten through it, yeah. But I feel like we're now in that stage in our other businesses. Yeah. And we can have, I, yeah. like, we can reflect on how it feels because it, feel, it can feel yeah. real heavy. But at the same time, we both know, like, what the light at the end of the tunnel can look like. I'm excited because I feel like I know what the stage feels like and I know what yeah. to do for you. It hurts. This stage hurts. Oh, so like, let's just talk about what it does feel like. So if you can identify that you're in this stage, first of all, I know for me that this stage felt, I felt a little desperate because I could feel growth happening, but at the same time, I wasn't like mentally ready to invest in the things that I thought were necessary to move my business forward. Do you feel like we've hit this stage twice within our business because of our clients and then digital sales? Mm, I wasn't going to say then, but I feel like you can hit it again later in your business, but like hit a stage where you plateau because you have to make some changes. I feel like that's like the midlife business crisis. Yeah. Can you do an outline of where our business was when you think we hit the teenager phase so people can like, okay, am I there too? Sure. So we had consistent sales and we were in this transition phase anyway, where I feel like we were working with clients and things were going well and like we knew how to run that business, but like we had this desire to pivot 
and kind of let everything go. But it sort of felt like if we did that, then we'd basically be starting over again, which by the way, we did start over again. We just didn't call it that. And I also think there was a lot going on mindset wise because we had both, while we had run other things in the past that were small, neither of us had gotten to this stage of business before where it was, I mean, it was truly at this point, like a full-time income for both of us, like a real tangible amount of money. It wasn't like a, I don't know, it wasn't a side project where I'm making 500 bucks. Like it was actually paying the bills. It was actually making a difference in our home. Now it wasn't like exorbitant amounts of money. Like we weren't like rich by any means, but enough so that I felt like our husbands were both paying attention and like curious what Mm -hmm. we're going to do next, but also like just as hesitant as we were because they were scared we were going to break it too because it felt fragile. I feel like fragile is just how I felt about everything. Like if we'd move this one thing, it's all going to come falling apart. Yeah. I don't necessarily feel like maybe the teenager phase is an accurate representation from clients to courses because we were like ending one type of business and starting another. But I definitely feel like we hit that when we were tired of launching every two weeks Mm -hmm. and we were asking ourselves like, okay, if we don't do that, literally, how are we going to make money? Because what I feel like is a commonality is you do have these bigger goals, but you don't have the big audience. And you feel like maybe okay, I'm trucking along and continuing to do the things that I'm doing right now. But in order to get to where I want to go, I need 30,000 subscribers. I need, you know, 50,000 followers on Instagram. And we even made those goals for ourselves in year two, I think. One of our growth goals, I specifically remember, is quarter three of that year where we wanted to have 36,000 thousand subscribers. And I think when we made that goal, we had 10, definitely less than Mm 15,000. And so it was a huge leap. But to us, we were just relying on the data. And I feel like this is what a lot of people do at this stage where they're like, okay, if I've had this many people on my list and I've made this many sales, beep, boop, bop, that means I need this many people on my list to make these new numbers of sales. And that felt really overwhelming. Yeah. Because you're going from this to like three Xing something that's that big already feels really scary. And so I think it leads people like Alexandra to wake up in the day and be like, okay, I've made my opt-ins. I've talked about it. I've optimized these things. I'm serving clients. I'm doing this. What else do I need to be doing to grow this thing? Yeah. Well, and I think understanding what kind of growth you're ultimately seeking. I think this conversation you need to have with yourself. Because I think so many of us, when we're starting a business, like we get so excited about like getting the ball rolling and doing all the things that like the things that are exciting is because it's all so new, right? But then you hit this point where nothing's really new anymore. And technically you same old, same old. Yeah. You could technically just like wake up and rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, and you would be okay. But the majority of you became an entrepreneur because you have this desire to grow as a person, as a business owner, as like all these things. And so when you're at this point, I feel like your tendency to look around is really big. Like you're like, oh, well, she's trying to do X, Y, Z. 
Mm-hmm. Do I need to be doing that? She's trying to do X, Y, Z. Is that something I need to be thinking about? And like, I think it's really easy to go like in too many directions at once. And yeah. at the same time, also go after goals that perhaps you don't actually want to fulfill, but you think are required to do the things you want to do. Like, yeah. I thought that to have you know, a business with hundreds of thousands in sales, like not just six figures, but like multi six figures on our way to seven figures that that required a large team. It required a huge email list. It required all the software and tools and all these other things. And I think I kept trying to put in place what I thought was necessary when you didn't really know what was necessary. Yeah. And that trial and error can be super expensive, and then yeah, and then the anxiety that that induces can feel like yeah. oh, what? Why am I even bothering? So I feel like to me, and based on the comments that I'm seeing on that thread, the first thing that I would encourage you guys to do is truly, truly take yourself to an Airbnb if you need to. Take yourself out of town. Give yourself a day. Give yourself a weekend to really unpack. What do you want your business to do for you? How do you want it to serve you? What impact do you want to have? How much money do you truly want to make from it? Do you want to have a team? Do you want to grow to employees? Do you want to stick with contractors? Do you want to hire your mom? Do you want an out-of-your-home office? Like, What do you actually want? And then get realistic about, is it something that you think that you want? Is it something that you think that you need or is it something that you truly want? Because I feel like if we had maybe had a little bit tougher conversation with ourselves about those things, we would have had a little bit more clarity earlier on instead of learning halfway through heading towards a goal that we don't actually want that goal to happen. We don't want to run a business like that. So mm-hmm. I would say have that first. I would also have the conversation in this same time frame of do you want an agency model or do you want a one-to-many model? Because I feel like so many people who are serving clients leave the client space to have a one-to-many model. Maybe it's a group program, so it's not one to thousands, but it's bigger than one-on-one. Or maybe it's course sales or a book or something that you know is one-to-many. Totally fine. That's what we did. Then there are some people who I think forget that an agency model is an option to them. And you don't want to leave clients, but you feel like you should, or you feel like you have to in order to reach the financial goals that you have. So again, have a deep heart to heart with yourself about which route you actually want to focus on going. So then decisions about what you're investing in, what you're focusing on, what your goals are become a little bit more clear. Yeah. So then I think from there, what I like, I'm trying to go back in time and say, okay, you know, we're making consistent sales from courses now. We don't serve clients anymore. What are our actual goals? And so if we had sat down and maybe gotten clear on, okay, we don't want an out of home office space, we don't want to really do anything in person. We don't want to work every day. You know, what are the things that you don't want to do? 
And how then can the things that you do want to do be in alignment with both of those things, making them both happen, right? So maybe what I would have done instead of hiring a bunch of people is figure out my systems a little bit better. Figure out how can I automate more, not just sales, but the customer journey. So I feel like we are still, Abby and I, four years in, figuring out how to better our customer journey when I would have loved to have established that three years ago. Oh, yeah. Well, and maybe then I wasn't even fully aware of what I wanted or like what I thought it could be and what we teach and what we talk about. While it's the same, it's also different because we have more information now than we did then. And it's okay to evolve. Like you're allowed to change your mind, just so you know. Maybe that's one of the biggest takeaways you need, that like you're allowed to change your mind. Like you can go down a path and then realize it's not for you. I'll give you an example. So Emily and I, from day one, had always thought before we actually became business partners that we would run businesses that were solely run by ourselves. Like we didn't have a desire to work with other people. So the fact that we worked together was a stretch already. And then hiring other people just felt painful in all aspects, like more to manage, like it felt like we were doing twice the work because we were trying to manage them doing the things that, and I don't know, we weren't necessarily great managers. Like that was never really our role. I feel like I've evolved as a manager and gotten much better at it, but it was not a natural ability for me. But because we thought we never wanted them to all of a sudden having people working for us, then it felt like, well, if we have people working for us and we want to grow, the only way to grow is to have more people. And I'll tell you right now, while that can be true, it is not necessarily true. No. So you can have preconceived notions about everything. Like, for instance, the number of people on your list, yes, more people on your list usually leads to more sales. But perhaps the business you want to create is working in more intimate group settings and you're charging a much higher premium. I have a friend that ironically, perhaps she used to be in charge of our Facebook ads and she was working in another agency as a contractor. And the next thing I know, she's running these like high-end masterminds and she's making bank and she has like a thousand followers, maybe 2000 followers on Instagram. Like And you would have no idea, like genuinely no idea that she's crushing it. And it's because she said, you know what? I don't need to have the standard of things that everyone else tells you you need to have in order to have the kind of success that I want. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter that you're checking boxes on the like entrepreneurial roadmap. What matters is that you're doing things that are in alignment with the lifestyle you want to live. And I think for so long, we chased the, well, if we get to this point in business, then that translates to this lifestyle. Right. And while I do think that's true to an extent, like when you're you're past that, if you're in the teenager phase, you're past that then. Right. Right. You now get to decide, I don't want to work Mondays anymore. Right. And you can build that in. So like what someone on this thread is saying, I'm in the upper teenage phase. So she's a little bit out of it. So I looked around and thought about what can I automate? 
start making lists. What are you doing all the time that might be able to be automated? I invested in Dipsado and it's freed me up. And I love that most of my admin stuff is in one place now. I keep reminding myself to take a breath when it feels like too much. And so the fear at the top of my free trial is running out on all of these apps that I thought were necessary. Again, I think this reflection is so important because you're asking yourself, okay, again, what do I want my business to do for me? Do I want to work less? Okay. Then that means I need to invest more time and money in systems. Do like, I want to have a big team. That means I need to start looking at people, like literally asking yourself, what do I want? Okay. So now what does that mean? How can I get that? And it may not be able to happen tomorrow, but like, then you can at least know what you're working towards. Ashley says on here that Yes, girl, I feel you. My brain is currently also melting. I've decided to invest in mentorship and attempting to focus, aka quit grabbing every free download I find. Do you remember the day when you stopped downloading freebies? Oh, I don't know I feel if like I remember was, the day. I can very clearly remember this day where I was like going to grab something and then I was like, stop, wait, like, why do I actually want this? Because it's such a beginner business baby thing to do. And you're still like ditching some of those habits. And so I feel like as a teenager phase, no freebie opt-ins. Yeah, you stop opting in for other people's stuff. Not because they don't have valuable things to say, but you, to some extent, realize that most of the things they are saying are trying to send you down a path. And for once, instead of trying to look at what other people are doing, you actually are in control and you're deciding what those things are. And if perhaps you do need guidance in a certain area, instead of downloading a freebie guide, which you might ultimately do, you're being way more intentional about the information you're absorbing because it's a distraction. And what I learned from Pat Flynn and someone else brings this up on the thread is, Pay attention to people who are just one to two steps ahead of you. That's yes. it. Not five to steps, not 10 steps. Okay. So if you're only looking at what those people, and again, they can be in any industry, but like living the kind of life, running the kind of business that you want to run, right? Like functionally, not necessarily what they're actually offering. And then ask yourself of those things, right? What is the thing that I want to learn right now that I need to learn right now or next in order to start working towards that. So again, in the beginner business stage, you're listening to all of the podcast and downloading all of the freebies just to give yourself inspiration, motivation, confidence, being in the same corner with other business owners. Like it does an amazing thing for you at that time. We're ditching those things now because your brain doesn't need to learn SEO and email welcome series and a membership site and how to start a podcast on the same day. Like you do not need to learn all of that. But if you're looking at your goals and you've answered the questions of what do I want my business to do for me? What do I want out of it? Right. You can then say, okay, maybe starting a podcast is the thing that's going to help grow my audience and connect me with people and get them to sponsor my show and open up another revenue stream, whatever, right? Maybe that's in line with the thing that you want. Now, the only thing on your plate is to learn how to start a podcast and how to market it and how to launch it and how to get sponsors. It's only focused around that very next thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not going all the directions at once learning because the beginning phase can be it's so exhausting because you're like, you don't know much like you're, and what you do know is just like very much what you think is right. And so you're trying to figure it all out at this point, you know what you're doing. It's just a matter of like, 
okay, what's the next step? What's the next direction? And the thing that I found that probably the most revealing is the people I thought I wanted to model after. Yeah were not, in fact, the people I wanted to model after. I know. that I remember that day, too, really clear, where I was like, holy shit, stop looking at this person's business, because I would literally die if I had their business. Yeah. Of exhaustion. Right. So, like, just so you guys know, in case you're curious, while Emily and I absolutely love serving our community and our audience, and it's growing, and there's not a whole lot we can do about the fact that it's growing. I mean, like, that's a great problem to have. (laughs) I used to think that visibility and, like, being popular and, like, Mm -hmm. being, for lack of a better term, famous on the internet. Being an influencer. Was important to me. I'm not going to say no to it. I, I have it figured was necessary. Sure. I, de- I don't think I thought it was important, but I thought it was necessary. Right. I'll tell you what, some of my friends, you do not know their name yeah. and they are rolling in it. Yeah. Yeah. They are rolling in it. Secret and I'm like, I want to be more like them. You guys yeah. do not know who they are online. And I love that. I love that you don't know. I love that you're like in a court. The other day, I felt so good. Okay. So. I know I mentioned the other day I friended someone on Facebook and Emily's like, why do you friend people on Facebook? I just don't understand. (laughs) But I friended someone on Facebook and this hasn't happened to me in a long time. She didn't know who I was. (laughs) Yes. I think I'm doing it. I think this is how this works where you're like, you're kind of lurking in the background and like shiz is working because what the way we were running our business before was entirely more visible than I ever had a desire to be with the launching every two weeks and being in front of all these other people's audiences and doing all these things. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, having to travel all the time and attend conferences yeah. and and make friends. That is not up our alley. <laughs> People message me all the time. Are you going to be at this conference? No. No. <laughs> and that's no. right. I don't want to be. I don't have to be. At this point, I know exactly what is required of me yeah. to do the things my business needs to operate to continue to see growth, frankly. Like, yeah. I will tell you, the most important things that happen all week happen in like two and a half hours on a Tuesday. And everything else is just yep. icing on top because at this yep. point, the majority of my business is run by other people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my God. And so this is to Jody's point. So Jody commented out of here and she said, yeah, totally teenager biz. My biggest challenge is getting myself out of the background details, creating my website, yes. writing emails to my list, creating another sales page. Although what's funny is all three of those things we still do. <laughs> You guys would not believe how much we still do. Oh my God, you guys. It's insane. But let me finish her comment and then you can share your beef on this. And just putting myself out there and owning the results I create for clients. So Mm. she's still serving clients. She's living in her zone of genius in what she does really well and not the other things, right? Mm -hmm. So she said, here's a quick idea that came to mind. Think about trade-offs. When you take on one thing, you have less time have to say no to another. It can be so hard not to do all the things, but the extreme focus is needed. Scaling will come to you at some point. Also, start now to make a list of things you want to outsource and delegate. Even if you're not in a place to outsource or delegate now, this makes it so much easier to recognize when you are ready and exactly what you need or who you need to hire. Now, my only caveat to this last part is we did that. We made a list of everything we wanted to outsource and hire, and then we just did it too quickly. Mm -hmm. And we did it in a way where we weren't necessarily seeing an ROI on that person's role. And if you have too many roles in your business where they aren't bringing in sales or a direct ROI, you will run out of money. I'm not saying you can't eventually have all of those type of key players, but I would love for you to hire your first person as like, okay, yeah, maybe let's take some time stuff off your plate. Admin, right? Inbox, client management, stuff like that. Okay, but then I need you to go find another client now that you have all of this time 
to do while this admin person is working for you. The very next person you need to hire is someone who can directly increase sales. Yes. And then maybe you hire someone, you know, again, who is more admin or tech or whatever, copywriting related, right? And then you hire ROI. Like, I would love to go back in time and do every other like that. Yeah. So Emily and I are in this unique situation. Because there are two of us, we yeah. simply have to earn more money. And yes. so because of that, we have to own, I would say, more of the day-to-day than like I think a solopreneur would. Because essentially, I could have hired someone like you-ish to do things for me and like help me move things forward. And we would have, I don't know, I think we would be in a different position. That you want to hire me? <laughs> Well, I kind of did, honestly. Oh, you did. And, and then, then I, I decided to move on. Well, and I was like, half of this is now mine. <laughs> well, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> so be careful who you hire. That's true. <laughs> Actually, be careful who you hire is a real thing. But I think we're now at this point where I fully acknowledged what I still have to do in this business, but I also see the light in that knowing if we get to a certain point, I can continue to offload. And I do believe 100% there is a point in which I can solely focus on content creation like the podcast and serving our students And I can be completely out of the day-to-day of the business. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen for another couple of years. But it's easy to think, oh, that'll never happen. If you hire enough of the wrong people enough times in a row, you can definitely start to doubt other people's abilities. What are the two huge departments you would want to like offload? I have two in mind that I want. So... I think it's important to offload the things you avoid doing the most because those are generally things that if you're avoiding them, then clearly. So (laughs) I used to, while we've had a designer in our business for a while, I have still taken on the task of creating all the landing pages, all the sales pages, all the sales sites. And at this point, there's a lot of them. And several of them could use maintenance. And the website at this point needs a lot of work. Hot ass mess. And I just frankly do not give a shit. I just don't. I just literally don't care. And so because of that, when Emily is like, I think we should work on this. I'm like, okay. And like we do the first part and then like the actual finishing it out. I'm like, oh my God, I can't. I've been waiting for like three weeks to be done. And it's just because you're avoiding it and I get it. But in my mind, I'm like, am I doing other things that are more important? Probably, but maybe not. I don't know. I know. know. (laughs) So I think... Someone else designing web pages specifically has got to be in the near future for me. Yeah. But if I were, and for the record, that is different than your designer, which sucks. Because, yeah, like, yeah, I want different. it to be the same person. We need someone who knows how to do lead pages and Squarespace. 
But like they have to have a designer's eye, like because yeah. to me, I can't have shitty looking things when no. I've had really beautiful looking things for so long. Yeah, we can't. neither one of our eyeballs can handle that. So I would my say that you want to hear what my things are. Yeah, what are your things? So, and it's a weird position because I still want to be active on Instagram, like stories, like are talking to you, but I. And we just don't have a great system right now for this. We might have a person, but I literally just want anything that can be scheduled to communicate to our audience about our podcast, about a blog, about a free thing, about a paid thing, about anything. I don't want to be the person doing that. I don't want to come up with what it says. I don't want to post it. I don't want to caption it. I hate doing stuff like that. I want to brainstorm with someone and like, here's our calendar of things. And then I want them to just know that they need to go post stuff. I would love that. The other thing I would love is, again, we kind of have this person, but she just does so much that I just don't think it's realistic to have this type of role. But I want more copywriting help in the sense of like, I would love to sit and just brainstorm with someone about what I want it to achieve and how I want it to be tweaked. And I think this is more maybe for sales pages and like certain launchy emails. I want to just be able to have like a brainstorm conversation with someone who has a good copywriting mind and then them be able to like make something amazing. And like when we need last minute ad copy for like our Facebook ads, like I hate doing that so much. I hate it so much. It takes me five minutes, but I hate it. Well, I'm thankful that you just do it. Oh, I just do I mean like, right. I think but. part of the problem with most of the things I have left on my plate is most of them are very time intensive. Yeah. And so because of that, I view them as more expensive to hire out. I feel like, but copywriting, if we found the right person, a lot of it could be quick and snappy and whatever. It's the thought of, well, I also need them in my back pocket all the time that like- Well, and that's, I want an on-call copywriter. Right. why I think that like we don't have the right role yet or the right person because, and again, I'll just stop and do it because I know that I have to, but there's nothing more annoying than when I'm like in the middle of this type of task for work. And ads is like, okay, I need some copy real quick. And I have to go stop what I'm doing, come over here, spend eight minutes doing this, get back into what I was doing. And I feel like I have to do that a lot. Like to proof this social, I have to give words for this website description. I have to do this over here. And it's like in the middle of days, all days of the week. And so part of that is we just need a better system. But like, that's also like how we're working right now. Like sometimes you just can't prevent it. But I'm like, just don't come to me for it. Go to our copywriter that we don't have. <laughs> yeah, we don't have. Mm-mm. I think the next thing for me, it's hard because I don't exactly know how I would onboard someone just because I have so much background knowledge about how we've done things for so long. But I really like the idea of a project manager. Like yeah. I am we tried so- that before and didn't I work. know, and I know it didn't work. And I think part of it is like, they were trying to do too much. Like the way we work is very, like it has a flow to it. And a lot of the people have been in our business a long time at this point. And so they kind of like can know and anticipate things. But that's also kind of a scary place to operate from because we're not necessarily working super far ahead. So if we do forget something, I feel like we kind of scramble more than necessary. 
I don't necessarily mind the project management from the like overarching plans. Like I like the idea of planning out when a launch should be kind of the details around it. I like getting into the specifics of how it works, but I don't necessarily love the following up with people 75 times. It's not my thing to be like, and did you get that thing done? And like, mm-hmm. how about this thing over here? And I'm waiting on this thing from this person. And until I have this, I can't get them started. And so I feel like this middleman, which is literally what a project manager is. They're a middleman yeah. communicating all the things. But like that has become my primary role. And I would like it to be a little more high level, yeah. like working hand in hand with a project manager, yeah. but not you project manage and then you delegate and then you do touch points and then you follow through. Like you're doing all of it. I'm doing the whole process, including the high level operations. Yeah. And I don't have the bandwidth. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. I do have the time. It's not that I don't have the time you to do it. You don't want to and you don't like I it. Just- so don't do it. Well, and literally, I feel like if 50% of that kind of stuff or the stuff that I'm talking about is off of our plate of the, again, like your project management is kind of like my on-call copywriting where it's like, yeah. oh, I need to work with this person in the it's middle of the day. It's literally all oh, the time. All the time, right? And so if we can get those kind of things off of our plate, like, why don't we go live in our group and talk to our community? Why don't right. we like, have a lesson with our students who are paying money? Why don't we, you know? And so like your time can be better spent. Oh, totally. I don't disagree at all. I think we're more in the weeds than people realize. And because of that, it takes away from the visibility piece. But again, like I don't necessarily want to be yeah, crazy visible all the time. Visible with our students. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. That's what I want. <laughs> the people who pay me money. I don't necessarily no. have to be famous. No. So I will say Emily and I are in this unique situation. I feel like we're going through this again but not in this business, in our individual businesses outside of Boss Project. I feel like we've, I don't know if Mine anyone feels like, like she's an early a teen. teenager phase. She's like, she's Very like a preteen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like definitely puberty right now, full on <laughs> teenager. It's like a whole thing. Okay, you guys. I, part of me is like resistant because I know what it takes to move forward, but I'm also like, that's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think one of the things I can say going through it 2.0 is that I am more willing to look at systems sooner, investing sooner, offloading sooner, because I know when that job easier sooner. Yeah. When that happens, there's more personal development that happens. There's more growth that happens. There's more space. Because I found that anytime ever, regardless of what business I was running or what I was doing, anytime I'm avoiding something, it's a true indication that I need to figure out either a system for it or a person to help, or I am going to actually put a roadblock in my own business. Yep. I've done that where like, again, like you're kind of website person, like we've even talked about having like a tech person who's really familiar with all of the systems that we use in our business because our brains, like 
we need to have a meeting later. I don't know if it's going to happen later today or this week, but like there's a whole system we need to piecemeal together. This tech needs to talk to this tech, but they don't do it intuitively. So we have to figure out the middleman and then what's the flow after. And like building that and then maintaining that to make sure that it's always working is something we suck at. Like, cause we have so many different versions of that in our business where it's like, check on this and this isn't working over here. And it's just like, cause I don't know. And I don't care. Like, I don't like having to read this very old help article from this webinar platform for me to have to figure out how this is going to work. That's not how my brain works. But right. But the interesting it. thing to me is I know for a fact that there are people in our industry with similar size businesses that are not in the weeds like we are. And I can't, I can't put my, even imagine. I can't put my finger on not being involved. I also can't quite imagine. The only thing I feel like I can blame it on is the fact that there are two of us. Because if yeah. I had that extra revenue, like yeah. I could hire three or four smaller roles. Yeah, but, but is that really it? Like fifteen, and that's not what other people's teams are. No, I know. You so know, like, they have like three core people, and so do we. I don't know, you guys. I know. But I also feel like we've invested in areas that maybe other people haven't because of the things we value. Does that make sense? Like what? Like early on, we brought on a designer. Oh, sure. And like, I think a lot of these people do, they don't have designers at all. Like some VA is doing some things, but like, that's not their background. I mean, we literally pay a designer every month because we value what branding brings to our business. Yeah. Slash, if we didn't have one, I would micromanage the hell out of it. I would never get anything done because it's my background. So yeah. it was like, it was for my sanity. Yeah. I don't know. I, You guys, I will say, if you're feeling this way, first of all, you're not alone. It is a season. You have the ability to get through it. If you've gotten this far, you already know the things you need to do to move forward. You're just being resistant in some area. And you have to identify where the resistance is coming from. Is and in it order because- to do that, you have to have the conversation that I told you that you have to have about what yes. you want your business to actually do for you and what kind of business owner do you want to be? Because because honestly, spoiler alert, it has nothing to do with how much you want your business to make. You no. might want to make more personally. That's yeah. something you should know. You might want to work in your business less. That's also something you should know. The kind of tasks you want to do in your business, those are things you should know. But like, it doesn't really matter how much your business makes overall, even though everyone tells you it does. Like, it really doesn't. No. Because like, I know people that make a third of what our business makes and they have the same personal income. Yeah. Maybe even less. Like, because other people just run a super high margin business mm-hmm. and that is totally possible. And if I had realized that that was a thing, I'm not sure we would have built it to be this like massive machine that it is. I literally think we would have kept it smaller on purpose and made more margin. Because again, like I don't need this big flashy thing to be happy. Like I'm actually pretty freaking happy for the most part 
I get mm-hmm. stressed and I have anxiety and like I definitely want to do more things and have more space. And I still want to like build my dream home, but to me like that doesn't feel impossible anymore. It just feels like eh, it'll happen. I just need some time. Yeah. Which before I wasn't patient enough for time. I was like, mm-hmm. it has to happen tomorrow. Yeah. Or before I turned 30. I put a lot of pressure before I turned 30. I did you that got- too. Yeah. Now we're both 30 and we're like, it's it. I don't care when anything happens. <laughs> Literally, I'm just like, I don't care. Because I what know that you- it will. Because I think I have enough confidence in myself yes. now that like, if that's something I still want in six months, a year, in three years, in five years, whatever, I'll make it happen. I'm not worried about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't need to stress my- about it happening tomorrow. My confidence in my ability to do anything is yeah. actually very high. Yeah. If I wanted, maybe this sounds a little conceited, but like if I wanted to talk on big stages in front of stadiums oh, full of people, yeah. I could. Yeah. We if literally I, just don't want to. <laughs> right. I haven't tried to make it happen. And maybe we'll want to in a year. Like maybe, maybe that will change. But like in this season, I'm fully okay. I don't have pants on right now. <laughs> Like, (laughs) at at all. I'm just like sitting in a t-shirt in my underwear because this is the life I want to live where I just get to show up for my people. And I don't know, maybe that's inappropriate to say out loud, but anyway. (laughs) You have a bra on? I do. Wow. Only for you. I I can't even, I only see your collarbone, so. I know. (laughs) <laughs> Isn't it pretty? Like now it actually sticks out, you guys. I couldn't see my <laughs> collarbone for six years. Anyway. Uh, anyways. So, okay. What are your parting words to I'm someone who if you are in this phase, have first and foremost, before you make a decision about anything, you need to have a heart to heart with yourself and really truly sit down and ask yourself. What do you want your business to do for you? How much money do you actually want to make? What kind of business owner do you want to be? And that will help you answer the questions like, do you hire or do you get a system? Do you you know, take on clients or do you create a course? All of those answers will help you identify that. Once you know that, give it a little bit of freedom to change as you learn and grow. You don't have to be married to that forever, but use it as a guidance. And then from there, automate and delegate what you can. So depending on your answers, it's either going to be hardcore systems or you need to find a person. Then when you are hiring for people or systems, really be specific on, is this person taking something off my plate so then I can sell more? Or is this person or system helping me sell more so then I can, right? Maybe you love doing your copywriting and that's fine. Maybe, you know, whatever it is, right? But identify those roles early and be clear on them so you don't wake up two years later like we did and we're like, wait, we're the only two bringing in sales in this entire business. Y'all got to go. And it wasn't that we didn't like the people or that they didn't add value in some way. It was love. If you ever worked for us, I still love you. Okay. I still love you. Most of you. Well, you know what I mean. They probably don't listen, so it's fine. Uh, that's it. Happy teenager you, years. You'll get through it. You'll end up in your 20s and you'll like grow and prosper and become this like mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Yep. You got and then this. when you're in your 30s as a 30 business, 
And then that's when no, you just don't give a shit. And but not 30 year old. You don't have to be in business 30 years to hit that. No, no, no. Just, you can be a 30 year old business. Mindset. No, it's a yeah. mindset. Do you feel like our business is in its 30s? Um, or do you think it's in its 20s? I think it's in its 20s. I think we're in our 30s and we're trying to make it be in its 30s, but it's still got some catching up and growing up and maturity to have happen. Yeah. And Maybe it's like 25. I think yeah, I think our business is 25 in terms of maturity level for sure. Yeah, I'm okay. ready for it to be like 45 and prosperous and I get yeah. to do shit. That's yeah. what I want. Yeah. Same. All right, guys. Hope this was helpful. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.